Mitzi Hunter used to be education critic for the Liberal Party, who've been kind of quiet. I understand why, with only eight MPPs, there's only so much noise she can make, and they can make. So she's got a pretty unique lens, having been a former education minister. We asked her all about the current struggles to get a deal done with CUPE and the provincial government. I empathize with all the parents out there who are trepidatiously waiting for what's going to happen tomorrow. Well, when someone gets named, you've got a unique lens. When someone gets named Minister of Education, instantly, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of stress, I'm sure. And I wonder if anything is unique to this or reminds you of your time. It's not easy. Negotiating contracts with education unions has never been an easy process since I've been a kid in school. No, it hasn't been. It's not easy. I, I, as education minister, I did negotiate and land deals with all nine education unions. Um, they were they were tough to do. I think what struck me in these negotiations um, is how aggressive the current minister of education is. Uh, you know, Minister Lecce. Um, you know, I don't remember holding you know news conferences with designed you know graphics to update people on what's going on with the negotiations because we were doing round the clock negotiations hard bargaining just with the unions and and there was uh, you know an agreement between both sides that this would be done at the table and not out in the media and so you know here we are and and we're you know on the on the precipice of a crisis in not only in education um with schools uh threatening to close tomorrow should there not be a deal that's landed overnight, but also, you know, the the trust has been broken with, uh, you know, labor unions right across the board with the use of use of the notwithstanding clause to preempt uh, bargaining and to preempt collective agreements. And that that's unheard of in, in Canadian history. I certainly agree with you about the aggressiveness of the notwithstanding clause that people will also remember. That's the clause that was used to shave down Toronto City Council in the midst of an election. Uh, and that 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 landed like a like a flat tire in Toronto for most people. People thought that was way, way, way too big an overreach. What I'd ask is whether we can put the finger of blame on both sides when it comes to numbers leaking out. You're right. Any kind of negotiation that we do in private when we buy a home or buy a car, or negotiate our salary in a private industry it doesn't serve anybody for it to be out there in public or it to be gossiped about in office hallways. And I just find both sides, there's clearly leaks on both sides of this structure here, isn't there? Yeah, there definitely seems to be. Um, I, I, I did hear that the mediator instructed both sides uh, to not bargain in the media. So, you know, I, I can't confirm, you know, the, the, what I'm hearing that, you know, the union has come back with um, climbing down way down from their their initial ask of 11.5 and they're now at 6%, which is below the rate of inflation and, you know, waiting for the government to um to to counter offer or and to you know to come to some sort of a settlement um i think that it demonstrates both sides um their willingness to move and that's what negotiations are all about which is why the legislation is so aggressive and right. and really you know it's preempting this process and i think it is sort of that big stick that's being held um, to say that, you know, we're going to take away your constitutional right to bargain and even the constitutional right to strike, which was given um, by the Supreme Court of Canada. 
and uh, and this really puts um, a chill on on all labor negotiations. And, and I think that we should all be concerned about this. Mitzi Hunter is our guest, uh, uh, MP, uh, MPP for uh, Scarborough Guildwood, joining us on Toronto Today. If you can explain to our audience the Me Too clause and why sometimes it's meant to create parity for salaries, but it can be problematic when it comes to union negotiations. You would have had to deal with the Me Too clause when you did your jobs. Uh, yes, in some instances, um, uh, we did negotiate that in. It is something that's not uh, a, a guarantee. It has to be negotiated into the scope. Um, if And if this uh, legislation goes forward, there is uh, no Me Too. So so that that mm. was not part of it. Um, and, and what that simply means is that, you know, we have nine education bargaining units um, and and they are tables, actually, and they can go ahead and, and bargain in sequence without worrying about, well, you know, does someone get something that we don't? Um, but that has to be negotiated as part of the scope. And when I think about that, I I think I'm hearing from teachers and vice principals who say, I know I don't need an 11.7% raise. I know there isn't the the political or economic climate to justify that for teachers making six figures. But they say to me, Mitzi, I don't want to lose my custodian. I don't want to lose my educational assistant. I don't want to lose our phenomenal receptionist. So that's the struggle because they don't want their unions chasing that percentage down. But they do think the QP members deserve it. Yeah, I mean, these are, I want uh, parents to, you know, and your listeners to understand that, you know, these are some of the lowest paid education workers. The average salary is uh, 39000 a year. Many of them hold down multiple jobs while they're, you know, pursuing um, their work as an EA or an ECE, which is the early childhood educator in every um, kindergarten classroom that, uh, that has the numbers to require one. And, um, and, and these are your custodians, they keep the school, you know, safe and clean. You know, I saw a notification that one of the school boards is asking, um, you know, teachers to bring to to bring their own water and and take home their own garbage. Well, you can only do that for so long. And and the the bottom line is that these are, are workers that are needed in our schools. They're the secretary that welcomes people, and that makes sure that, you know, no one that shouldn't be in the school gets in the school. Um, and so, so their role is, um, is is probably unsung at this point, uh, given the the wage levels that they have, and what their mm-hmm. union is simply trying to do is improve their their wages, improve their working conditions, and also make the learning environment better for students. Which, at the end of the day, should be what everyone is focused on. Do you, as a member of the Liberal Party, do you feel stuck in the middle here? This is the perception of the public. The conservatives were going to come in almost on a platform in 2018 and they were going to make cuts to health care and education. And they started to do that. And then the pandemic happened. The NDP is seen as being almost too pro-union to me and to many people. It's the Liberal Party of Ontario that can kind of rebuild the structure here and prevent moments like this. Come up the middle, be fair to all sides, but be be demanding and make both sides accountable. Do you feel you can do that? Yeah, absolutely. And and also read the moment that you're in. Right. Um, you know, this government has posted a $2.1 billion surplus. Um, we, we saw in last week's report from our financial accountability officer that they're going to sock away a lot of money in um, reserves and not spend it in health and not spend it in education. They still have the Bill 124 that puts um, caps on, on increases 
services to our frontline healthcare workers, many of whom are burnt out and leaving the profession. And so, you know, I do believe that Ontario Liberals can bring mm. a, a much better balance, balancing the needs of the economy and making sure that that we have a, a thriving economy, while at the same time, you know, making sure we make investments in things like healthcare and education that are so critical. You know, think about the students going through a pandemic, missing so many weeks of school, 27 weeks of school, Ontario, um, you know, under Ford closed the classrooms. And, and there's been a lot of learning loss, you know, there's mental health and anxiety, and there are all these things that have to be dealt with in the schools. Instead of investing in them, the government is trying to cut and really, you know, um, do damage to, to some of the workforce that needs to help students to recover. Mitzi Hunter, thanks so much for the time this morning. Really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and sharing your thoughts on, on what the days ahead will bring um, to our audience. Thanks again, and I hope we can do it soon also. Absolutely, Greg. Thanks so much for having me. Mitzi Hunter joining us, MPP for Scarborough Guildwood. I'm, I read this text uh, about classroom teachers. I get this from uh, from a teacher. QP needs a much larger raise than me. Um, and yeah, it's, it's tense. Okay, so there's somebody saying it, and it's tense for everybody right now. Um, he mentions hearing the EA we had on Joanne uh, at the top of the seven o'clock hour. The EA, EA you had on this morning likely swayed some opinions. He might be right. He might be right. But some will also listen and say they'll just be harsh about it. Right. If they're un- if you're underpaid and undervalued, quit and find something else. And many won't where I'm going to ask this because I don't know the answer. So this is not a disingenuous question on my part. Where else can you be a custodian? Where else can you be a custodian? And have the benefits and protection you have in the education unions. I don't know the answer. I don't have the answer. I'm not, I'm the, I'm complimenting the job. I'm not demeaning the job, but I don't know the, and if I don't know the answer, there's a good chance a lot of people don't know the answer. So I hear this a lot. Oh, well, they'll leave and go somewhere else and do something. Will they, will they get a better (laughs) with the skill set? Will they get a better thing somewhere else? We all ask that in life, right? Relationships, where we live, what we do for a living. Hey, can I do better? Can I be happier? And if you can't, you don't mess with what you're doing at the given time.